So this morning's reading is from Romans chapter 15 and verses 7 to 13. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing the praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. This week we had some nice weather, didn't we? And on Tuesday, which is my day off because I work on Sunday, they let us off on Tuesday, let me off on Tuesday. Debs and I went down to the beach and this incident happened on the beach. Just along from us, there were a family and there was a granddad, a mum and a dad and two little boys. Because they had two little boys, they had a pop-up tent, a bit like this one. I think we've got a slide of the pop-up tent. That was the beach on Tuesday. And this was the pop-up tent, a bit like this one. And in the early afternoon, it came to the time when they had to leave. And the dad said, I'll put the tent away if you get the boys and all the rest sorted out. So uh, the dad got the pop-up tent and he twisted it and he collapsed it and he looked very pleased with himself. It had formed a perfect circle that was about this wide. So he said to his wife, bring me the bag to put the tent in. And the wife brought the bag to put the tent, which was this size in, and the bag was this size. <laughs> And the dad looked a bit puzzled and the wife looked a bit puzzled and he said, I'll have another go. So he put it down and he twisted on it. He put his foot in the middle and twisted again. And he twisted and collapsed it and it was a perfect circle and it was this size. And the bag was still this size. And his father, the granddad, had been giving him some advice. So he said, okay, dad, if you think you can do better, you come and have a go. So the granddad got up and he twisted it and he turned it and he collapsed it and it was a perfect circle this size, the bag was still this size. And then the wife said to them, um, I've got a video on my phone that shows how you can put the tent down. We could watch that if you like. And they said, no, we don't need that. We'll do it together. So the two men together got the tent and they pulled it and pushed it from each end and they collapsed it down and they made a perfect circle and it was this big and the bag was this big. And then the wife said, just look at the video, just look at the video. So they watched the video for about five seconds and they said, oh, that's how you do it. They got the tent, they twisted it, they pushed it and they pulled it and still it was this big and the bag was this big. And then the wife said, look, you hold the phone, we'll watch the video and I'll do it. And she twisted it and turned it and collapsed it and very first time 
the tent was this big. And he went in the bag. And that's, that's exactly what happened on the beach. We'd all been watching, pretending that we weren't watching. And when they actually got it in the bag, everybody applauded. <laughs> now, there are lots of lessons you can learn from that particular incident. But the thing that it said to me was that that little episode of trying to force something that doesn't fit, trying to make sense and order of something that doesn't fit, was a bit like my life. And sometimes, in our own strength, with our own intelligence, we try and sort out life and we try and make it work for us. Yet however we twist and turn it, however we collapse it and make it look nice, something just isn't quite right. It just doesn't seem to fit. And I don't think it's just me. I think there's lots of other people around who are in that same situation trying to make sense of life, which is tricky trying to get life in order, and all of a sudden something comes along that disrupts it, and then it's suddenly out of order all again. The only way to do life in a way that makes sense is to follow the maker's instructions. And God, in his great mercy, sent us someone, sent us someone to show us how to make sense of life. Jesus came so that we could see how we could make our lives make sense. He will be there with us to help us to make our lives make sense. And he came to show us how the whole of life can make sense, how we could do life together as communities, as societies, as a world. We have this hope that comes from Jesus. And it's not on a phone in a video, it's, it's in this book. And it's in Jesus who will come and lead us if we make him Lord of our lives, who will come and guide us if we let him in. In the end, there's only one who can show us how life works. As much as we try and bend and shape life in our own strength, we will always end up frustrated. But we were made by a maker who planted his image inside us. And all of the sin and the evil in the world has tarnished that image. The only way to make ourselves right again is to come to Jesus and to let him be Lord of our lives. St. Paul says this. He says that this hope is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's only with Christ in us that we have this hope, this hope of glory Jesus came to bring us hope, hope for our lives. He restored our relationship with God. Jesus came to bring us hope, hope for our world. He shows us a way that works, that would make this world more like the kingdom that God wants it to be. Wouldn't it be amazing if this world followed the maker's instructions and became a place where there was no hunger or oppression, no injustice, and the amazing thing is that this hope, this message is left in our hands. So that someone has said that because of what Jesus has done and because Jesus believes in us so much, the local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. 
Now that's a bit, that's a bit staggering in some ways. Just look around at the people around you. Just look at the people gathered here. Um, it's a bit awe-inspiring, isn't it? It's a bit intimidating to think we are the hope of the world. But it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, isn't it? Jesus Christ, my living hope, as we've just sung. That's why we gather together. That's why we meet together, so that we can share this hope, so that we can grow in hope, so that we can be people of hope. And today it's more important than ever. This pandemic has put death right in front of us in a way that wasn't there. We used to be able to pretend that death happened to other people, but now it's on the news every night. How many deaths have there been? How many deaths have there been? Death is all around us, and we need to have that hope that tells people that there's a way through death. Death doesn't have to be the end. We don't need to be afraid of death. There is a hope, a hope that comes through Jesus. Things that we never thought would change have been uprooted and will never go back to being the same. This is a time for us to speak hope into the world. This is a moment that we might never see again. To have hope is to be human. I don't know if you've thought about that, but animals don't have hope. Only humans have hope. We can imagine the world being different. We can imagine a different future. And that gives us hope. That allows us to have hope that things will get better. That gives us that strength to carry on even when things get really tough, to be resilient in the face of all that we uh, come against. Hope gives purpose to our lives. It gives us a reason to get up in the morning. And just think about the opposite. Think about people who have no hope. Someone wise said that to live without hope is to cease to live. To live without hope is to cease to live. And we live in a world where there is always news of the pandemic. There's always news of refugees crossing countries to find safety. There's news of all of the environmental catastrophes that happen on a weekly basis now. If it's not forest fires, it's floods. If it's not monsoons, it's hurricanes. The melting ice cap. There's no surprise then that mental health issues are on the rise because people need to find hope. People need hope, a hope that works. And it's a hope that they need to find that's here in God's word. It's a hope that people need to find here in this community. We need to be offering hope to those around us. We need to be a beacon of hope in a dark world. As we look at this passage in Romans, we see that Jesus came to answer the hope that God had promised right back to the patriarchs. God gave Abraham hope that he would be a blessing to the whole world. God gave Abraham the hope of a son and future generations, and Abraham had a son aged 100. God gave hope to his people in Egypt when they were oppressed, slaves. They had hope because God was with them and he gave them the Passover and that passage through the sea. So freedom again 
And then God formed that people in the desert, gave them hope of the promised land, that he would go before them, that he would drive out the nations, that he would break down the walls of Jericho. They couldn't do it in their own strength, but they trusted in the hope that God was giving them. That hope was real. That hope could be relied on. Later, when things went wrong, when the people were carried off to distant lands, when the people were in exile, God sent his prophets to speak words of hope to them. God promised that he would put his spirit within them, that he would give them a new heart, a heart of flesh and not of stone, that they would be his people and he would be their God. And those same prophets told of a time when the root of Jesse, a son of David, would spring up, one would arise who would rule over the nations so that the Gentiles, that's us, would have hope in him. This is Jesus who realises all of the hopes of God's people. Not in a way that they expected. The Jewish people at the time of Jesus wanted a military leader to push the Romans back into the sea. But Jesus came for a bigger hope, He came to defeat our greatest enemies, sin and death. Paul writes these words that we've listened to this morning, this passage to the church in Rome. That's what Romans means. It was a a letter sent to the church in Rome. And that church had already been banished once from the city of Rome. They'd had to leave all of their possessions and their homes. They'd been kicked out by the emperor They'd faced the wrath of Nero, who'd blamed them for the burning of the city of Rome and had killed hundreds, if not thousands, in brutal and cruel ways. This is the church that Paul writes this letter to. And Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Life was tough for them and they were to be the ones overflowing with hope. Roman citizens and slaves from tribes of all nations, they were to form a new people of God who would live in a way that would make sense of this hope, this hope that would change things so that this motley crew would become the recognised religion of the whole Roman Empire within just a few generations. This is the power of the hope of Jesus set free amongst us. Desmond Tutu wrote in the time of apartheid these words, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. As we look around us now, our job is to be a beacon of hope. Our job is to speak hope into this time. And it's been recognised that the church has something special because of the pandemic. When everything else was shutting down, the churches kept their food banks going and fed thousands of hungry people. The churches kept going in lots of ways. And in St Jude's, we kept going with Friday Fridge. And I don't know whether you know, but our city council gave Friday Fridge a certificate of recognition coronavirus award because they could see that something had happened here that the volunteers hadn't hidden away or thought about their own safety the volunteers had thought about this the guests that they serve 
and the love that they had for those guests had got them out there serving all through those darkest days when everyone else was locking down, everyone else was staying safe. God's love transforms situations by giving people hope. The one ingredient that makes church projects work in a way that other projects don't is the love and the hope that flow from Jesus. The love that this hope brings into the lives of those who are being served. God's love transforms situations to give people hope. This is our hope. Not that we are the answer, not that we have all the answers, but that we can point people to the answer, to the place where they can find hope. This hope changes today as we look forward to a different tomorrow. And it's linked with that faith that Adam talked about last week, a faith that hopes that this place will see glory that will outstrip the former glory. This is a hope that is made real in God's love, that love that is the most powerful force in the whole of the universe. Here at St. Jude's, we believe that life works best when you follow the maker's instructions. I know that you will all remember that story of the tent as you leave. But the point of the story is that we need to follow the maker's instructions because here we have a hope that cannot be ever defeated. It's a firm hope. It's a sure and certain hope. It's a hope that will grow as a muscle if we do the things that God wants us to do. Through perseverance, we develop character. Through character, we develop hope. Hope is important in this time. When we allow Jesus to be Lord, then we see that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Jesus came to bring a unique hope that fulfills all of God's promises. This hope flows from God's love and it changes cities and communities and churches just as it changes the lives of individuals. We need to keep this hope at the centre of all that we do. We need to make sure that we're always pointing people to Jesus who is our living hope. We need to speak words of hope and to do works of hope even in the deepest darkness. I want to speak these words of hope into our lives. I want us to absorb these words of hope. And so if we have the words up on the screen again, I'd like to ask you to stand, if you're able, if you could stand. And I'm going to pray these words over us and pray these words into us. We want these words to become part of who we are. Paul wrote them to that church in Rome that was under such persecution. And God, I think, speaking them today into us, into this church, into all the challenges we face. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I want us all to say those words and I want us to say them really loudly. Let's say them so that they go out past these walls into our community. Let's say these words really loudly for one another, for all of us, for our church, for our community, for our city. Let's really say these words out loud and believe them because we are the people who are meant to be a beacon of hope. Let's say these words together out loud. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to remain standing and sing our next song that reminds us God is faithful. He is faithful in every situation. He is our hope. Let's sing.